0: You're listening to episode number 39 of the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Today's review of the week comes from Amber M. and says, words of fire and wisdom. Lindsay and Evie are two of the most kind-hearted, genuine women I have ever been inspired by. Their love for the business industry truly shines in this unbelievably enlightening fire bomb of a podcast. Between themselves and the guest speakers they have asked to share their hearts, the Heart and Hustle podcast is a true spirit lifter and major encouragement to me. Even when and if I don't think I'll need to hear whatever the next episode is titled, OMG, I am so wrong anytime I think that. Their words of wisdom can be applied and extended to so much more than just business. If you want a true spirit lifter and a good kick in the pants to thrive in this life, you need this podcast. Thank you, Lindsay and Evie, for unapologetically sharing your heart and true selves. You are both immensely admired. Amber. Oh my gosh, Amber, thank you. Those were the kindest words ever. Guys, I am, I'm so honored that you love this show. I'm so thankful when you take time to leave a review. Anybody that just has listened to even one episode or even subscribed or downloaded any of our shows, thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, we love putting on this show for you guys and we don't take it lightly when you take time to leave a review or just tune in. Like if you're listening to this now, Thank you. Just wanted to say that. Okay, now on to today's show. This guest is a person Evie and I have admired from afar, and we were so stoked to get him on our show. None other than Brandon Harvey. Brandon is a storyteller focused on the good in the world. He's the host of the podcast, Sounds Good, the creator of The Good Newspaper, a printed newspaper full of good news, and has built an online community of over 250,000 world changers with his company, Good, Good, Good. He's helped brands like Disney, Square, Southwest Airlines, and Red tell meaningful stories with hearts all over the world. He's written about and been featured by media, including The Washington Post, 17 Magazine, Fortune Magazine, and Mashable. He's been dubbed the Instagrammer who's on a mission to change the world. And we chatted with Brandon about how to make a real difference when we live in a world when such horrible, tragic, and heartbreaking things happen all around us. We talked about the overwhelm that can come from seeing bad news every day and feeling helpless when it comes to knowing how to actually do something that makes a difference. He gives practical, actionable steps that you can do right now to be an influence for good in your life and business, no matter how many followers you have. This episode will inspire you and 100% bring a smile to your face, guys. We need more people in the world with hearts like Brandon, and in today's episode, he's going to tell you how and where you can start. At the end of the episode, he talks about his online subscription of Helpers at Good Good Good, a community of world changers on a mission to bring more good in the world. And Brandon was kind enough to give you guys, our listeners, a free month when you sign up via our link in the show notes. So before we started that episode, I just wanted to let you know about the discount and the resource that we have for you. Okay, now enough chat chat, chat chat. Wow, enough chit chat is what I was meaning to say. (laughs) On to the show. Okay, Lindsay here. I just wanted to pop in really quick before we get to the chat with Brandon. We recorded his interview back in February before the coronavirus really hit the U.S. and affected everything really hard, which is why you don't hear us talk about it much at all in this conversation. However, our chat with Brandon and what he's doing with his company, Good, 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 could not have come at a better time. Since the interview with Brandon, Good, Good, Good has risen up, done what they do best, and has been leading the charge for putting out good news in the midst of this global pandemic. It's been so incredible to see how Brandon and Good, Good, Good has continued to spread hope, light, and positivity in a world filled with chaos and fear right now. And since recording this interview, Good, Good, Good has been featured in the New York Times and Miley Cyrus herself had Brandon on our Instagram show, Bright-Minded, which is so incredible. We're so incredibly honored to have had him on the show, spreading hope and positivity to you, our listener. I hope you love this episode and that listening to this today fills you with peace about our world and the good that is truly all around us if you look for it. Okay. Now for real. Onto the show.
1: You're listening to the Heart and Hustle Podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers, turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So, if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its
2: fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay.
1: All right, Brandon, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, you two. <laughs>
1: We're so we happy. So happy. <laughs> All right. Well, I know that you started as a photographer and you moved into working more as a humanitarian photographer. And then eventually that grew into good, good, good. So we kind of know like a general overview, but we would love to hear your story for people who don't know you and just a little bit more
2: about yourself. Yeah. So I had the very unique privilege of becoming a professional photographer when I was 16 years old and I'll say from the get-go that that isn't necessarily an indication of my skill level, but of how <laughs> small my town was. I don't think that I had much competition, but the great thing is I didn't have much competition. And so I just learned a lot about what it looks like to uh, take photos that are great, but also more than that, how to like run a business that is helpful and good and treats clients well. and. I think it just gave me this huge boost of confidence early on and just kind of gave me a head start on understanding what it's like to run a business and and do something you're passionate about and, uh, get to incorporate creativity into all of that. And so, uh, as I moved on from my little hometown of Pullman, Washington to, uh, to, college in portland oregon uh it was a big shift because it was ultimately um moving from a a tiny little town to a big city and uh i took every advantage to i took every advantage i could out of that situation so i really started leaning into uh, things that bigger cities had that my small town didn't. like I started spending a lot of time with nonprofits and uh, asking them if I could volunteer to shoot photos for them. and uh, I started walking around the streets and photographing strangers, almost like humans <laughs> in New York style, just trying to like get to know people in a different way than uh, than I ever had. And uh, all of that eventually led to a point where, I, these same nonprofits and even just people I had met randomly on the street were starting to hire me to not just shoot photos in Portland that were focused on some sort of missional aspect or some sort of cause, but also on uh, traveling outside of Portland to other parts of the country and then eventually to other parts of the world and getting to tell stories for them in all kinds of content or. yeah, a bunch of different countries and continents around the world. Uh, And then uh, along the way, I guess this is kind of the short version, but like along the way, I got to see all kinds of stories and and I got to meet all kinds of people who were creating incredible solutions to the world's greatest problems. I I, I saw a lot of heartbreak and pain and injustice, but everywhere I went, there were people working to combat those things and oftentimes using their creativity in really unique ways to do so. And I got to tell those stories uh, for these nonprofits. And when I came home, I realized that you know it shouldn't just be the donors to those nonprofits that get to hear those stories. It shouldn't just be the existing supporters of those nonprofits. The people, I, I, I think that everybody should have the opportunity to get to hear those stories. And so I started off just sharing some of those stories on my on my own Instagram, and uh, then started realizing that that maybe that was too narrow, and started creating. Uh, I, I think the next thing I did was I created an email newsletter where every single week I would share some of these stories, and then eventually started a podcast, and then super uniquely uh, I, I started a <laughs> a print newspaper called the good newspaper and it's it genuinely is so funny to me still that uh, that I, I make a print newspaper but we've been making a, an actual real-life newspaper printed on newsprint uh, for a little bit more than two years now and it's been distributed to to uh, Hundreds of thousands of people in all fifty states and dozens of countries, and it's it's just focused on the stories that I was hearing and seeing firsthand all across the world. Stories of 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 yes, the heartbreak and pain and injustice in the world, but ultimately the stories of people who are creating solutions to those problems and celebrating wow. the fact that those people mm-hmm. are doing good in the world, and then incorporating into every single page action steps on. How all of us can get involved in becoming a part of the good in the world as well. Oh,
1: wow, oh my gosh. Brandon, that's amazing. Not only have you just pivoted so drastically and epically in your <laughs> like life and career, but the fact that your newspaper not only is just sharing and spreading, you know, good news in the world, which is so rare, but the actionable steps is so game changer that I think people are so overwhelmed by what's going on in the world that they just want to cower and hide. And so exposing that and then creating opportunity for them to take small steps in that direction is just so cool. I love it, dude.
2: Well, and I I really appreciate that. And I, I think that the reason that I knew that that had to be a part of it, is because I have been exactly there. Like yeah. I hit this point. I, I I think I've. I think that when we're confronted with bad news, we all do one of two things: we either bury our, bury our head in the sand and pretend that it doesn't exist, uh, or we pay so much attention to it that we become cynical. And the mm. problem with both of those things is that. You become frozen and unable to actually do something about the problem that is very real and exists very much so. You know, if your head is buried in the sand and there's a, a you know a, a heartbreaking problem happening around you, that's not going to go away until somebody mm-hmm. does something about it. But we all mm. have the opportunity to do something about it if we can pull our head out of the sand or get unstuck and and take action. And it's, uh, I mean, it's it's easier said than done. You know, I, I know that I've spent years, I definitely spent years, even probably in the midst of some of these travels, feeling just like, like I didn't have to pay attention, you know. I think I had the privilege of, of being able to remove myself from the situation and really pretend that a lot of these problems didn't exist, and that was the only thing that could that I felt like could make me feel better. And then I mm. accidentally completely reversed course and uh, <laughs> went way too hard, just like paying attention to everything, and uh, it, it honestly left me in a in a in a funk. I don't know if I would uh, go as, you know, it's not, it, I wasn't experiencing clinical depression, but it, it certainly was overwhelming in a really similar way. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it, it's not hard to pull like it's, it's, or it's, it's not easy to pull yourself out of that. And And I would make the argument that you need tools and you need other people, you need community and you need inspiration to help you do all of that. And so we've spent a lot of time talking with neuroscientists and activists and nonprofit leaders and all kinds of people who could maybe help give us some insight into how we can get involved or or how we can kind of pull ourselves out of that situation and how we can feel less overwhelmed, uh, because it, it isn't easy, but, but it's, it's possible. And, and, and that's, what we're kind of in pursuit of. And that's what we're trying to create tools for.
0: That's amazing. I love that we're talking about this because like you said, like whenever you hear that bad news or you just, you see the news and something horrible is happening, you feel helpless and... Brandon, I love that your what your mission is, is to give people something and to, one, to give them hope, to give them good news, but then to give them, like Evie said, those action steps to actually do something and to help people not feel so helpless and alone. So I, your heart is honestly so, I want to say good, which is ironic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, I, I don't even know how else to say it. Your heart is so good and I just can't believe that we're talking to you and I, I love that we're talking to you and talking about this because so many people need to hear it. Um, but something that kind of hit me in your story is how you use a really unique approach of employing storytelling. I know that you've, like i found this way to create like to tell stories just in a completely different way than the majority of people so what has storytelling looked like for you over the past few years and then how have you approached that in a new and unique way now
2: yeah such a good question for some reason i really grasped onto this idea of of storytelling like early on when i was in high school i remember seeing my quote unquote competitors, uh, you know, photography businesses in town, of you know, it's like 45 year old men with studios and they're just taking <laughs> these like nineties era photos. And I just remember feeling like year after year, I was seeing the same photos and there, there was no storytelling. I, I wasn't getting to know the person in the photo at all. It was just, you know, the same studio setup, same lights, same weird blurry Photoshop every time. And, uh, and, and so I set out to, you know, figure out what it looks like to tell, you know, somebody's story through photos, especially when I was, you know, shooting senior photos and it's, I'm sure it's a cliche now, but I, you know, just the fact that I grew up in a small rural community and, you know we'd go shoot we'd go shoot family photos on somebody's farm uh, yep. and 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 that would be you know that would be telling the story of of their identity and and who they were and where they lived and what their family life was like and uh you know i remember like a really quirky girl that i photographed we photographed her on the roof of her house like just random stuff and it you know it's wow. it's not the most deep way of telling a story but but it always did come back to that idea of like how can you tell a story through photos? And then as I kind of transitioned into the humanitarian photography space, I I really got into like the ethics of storytelling with photos because you can tell whatever story you want with photos. I think people think that photography always tells the truth, but there's... I, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of lying that can be done in photography and I think a lot of people do lie through it I think yeah. uh, of the biggest yeah. example or I don't know I don't know if lies the is maybe in a too extreme of a, of a phrase but almost the idea of I saw a lot of nonprofits and they would you know photograph kids who were the, Absolute worst of the worst. You know, they, it would be, or, you know, who are the sickest of the sick, or they were, you know, struggling the very most. You know, it's the kids with uh, the overinflated stomachs and they've got, you know, mucus on their face and flies landing on their heads. And they use that to, you know, prey on people's guilt and get them to donate money because they feel guilty. And I right. never wanted to do that because that's not the story that I was truly seeing on the ground. You know that's that's maybe for some people that is the reality. Um, that's you know, but that's that's the beginning reality. And the wonderful mm. thing is these nonprofits that are doing beautiful work. They are they are working to combat those problems and they are working to create solutions. And so early on, uh, inspired by photographers like Esther Havens or Jeremy Snell, I knew that I wanted to. Uh, always focus on the other end of the story, the story of people working, people having already experiencing solutions, people who have already uh, gone through the transformation that this organization is promising. And getting to photograph somebody who, you know, is, is healthy and, and happy and, Mm -hmm. you know, further along in their story than they were before this nonprofit came into their life and always, you know, capturing human dignity and Mm. trying to tell a story that is focused on possibility, not hopelessness.
1: Yeah. And I,
2: I think a big part of that storytelling was also just making it personable. And I think around that around that time I'd accidentally kind of grown an audience on Instagram and had a bigger audience than I had expected. And Instagram really was a place for telling really, you know, personal stories. And, uh, it was the first photo based social network. And so I thought to myself, what could it look like to, to just document like these people, like I would, you know, tell the story of hanging out with my friends, you know, and just give my audience some context and, and share these people's stories and, and kind of, uh, I think, I think. I think oftentimes we look at places that are far away. We look at Africa, South America, East Asia, um, as just so other and so foreign. And um, when you're on the ground, when you're having conversations with people, you realize how connected we are and how, Uh, you know, we're we're all just people who are who are looking for the same things. We're looking for safety and stability, Mm -hmm. and love, and Mm -hmm. uh, looking to to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And um, I I think that my natural inclination was, how can I just lean into telling that story and 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 talk about these people in that way? You know, not make it feel like a big deal that I'm often some village in Rwanda or, uh, you know, not make it feel like a huge deal that I'm, I'm in this, uh, this shack in South America, but just, you know, tell the story of this person I met and the beautiful, inspiring thing uh, that I learned from them or the way that yeah. we connected over something that we had in common and just make everybody feel a little bit less other and allow us all to kind of connect with other people and the beautiful thing is like we would all do anything to support a friend or somebody we know uh and if if we can just help connect more people to other people if we can essentially establish a deeper sense of empathy with people who are you know a little bit different than us, but really not that different than us. I think we all yeah. have the power to really make a difference and move the needle. And so uh, <laughs> I, I haven't thought through this next sentence I'm about to say, so we'll see if it works or not. But, <laughs> uh, but it, I think a lot of my storytelling really comes down to the idea of like, how can I trick others? And, and also how can I trick myself into caring about something that's hard to care about? You know, mm, so there's good. a lot of things that I, I it, the, again, this is me not thinking through my sentence, and so we'll <laughs> see how this goes. But uh, like, I, I'm just like a normal, regular. Selfish person, but like my wife is the most selfless person I know, mm. and every single day I see her choose to put others before herself in ways that I don't. You know, I, I'm a generally selfish person, I think, uh, and I, I kind of notice that every single day, little ways that that's true, and it's and so. I'm constantly trying to figure out like what's the story that I could see that would make me become less selfish in my daily choices and, and actually make a difference for others, you know? And and it kind of comes back to that idea of like, you know, I've got friends that I love and support and think are amazing and I would do anything for them. And it's because I know them and we're in close friendship and relationship. Uh, And so how can I, How can I kind of create that same connection with somebody who is, you know, all the way across the the globe, you know, all the way across the planet, uh, and has a problem? And 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 how can I, you know, tell a story that's going to make me want to sacrifice my money or my time or my energy to do something that will make a difference in their life? Uh, And so I'm often just reverse engineering from that, uh, knowing that you know, I'm the kind of person I've got to convince.
0: (laughs) Right. Brandon, you're hitting on something so important here that I just want to touch on. I feel like, our world is so divided. We all know that. There's so many beliefs and, and worldviews that differ and clash against each other. And like you said, we, we look at the other people that are, are across the world or even just people here in America that believe so different than us and we think of them as the other and we we don't connect with them. And, and I always, I mean, me and Evie talk about storytelling from a marketing perspective all the time, but you're going even deeper and saying like, Yes, storytelling sells in a marketing business perspective, but more than that, it connects us. Mm. And when we use storytelling to actually relate to other people, especially people who are different than us or who we don't understand, when we can connect to some aspect of that person, I think it, it helps make our world so much less divided because we're not up in arms at each other like, oh, you believe this. No, you believe this. But it's like, no, we're the same and we're all like in the same globe working for the same things ultimately. And I, I love everything that you just said. <laughs> I'm over here. Praise <laughs> Well,
2: Thank you. Cause I, it, I, I, that just fell out of my mouth and I don't, <laughs> I didn't think through it all the way. And and so we'll see how that goes, but I, <laughs> I'm really glad that, uh, that, that you liked that and that that's helpful. And I do think, yeah, it it, it is interesting. I, I do think that I was having this conversation this week, this idea of, of marketing, and I'm always really drawn to how to use marketing for good, you know, because marketing can do a lot of things. I live in Portland, Oregon. So I'm, we've got, you know, some of the top agencies in the mm. entire world, uh, and they're spending a lot of their time and energy just trying to sell shoes. You know, we've got Nike and Adidas and yeah. Under Armour's all with headquarters here. And and that's great. You know, we need shoes, and sometimes they they're really dope. Uh, but like (laughs) that doesn't do it for me as much. And, uh, you know, if marketing is just competing for people's attention to get them to take action, then if you're competing, if you're trying to make the action that people take some form of making a difference in the world, whether it's donating to a nonprofit or volunteering or using your social media to be an advocate, then you've got to get really creative to compete against the Nike, or, <laughs> against the likes of Nike and Adidas, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And and that's such a cool, energizing idea for me. Like, what a fun challenge to go up against, you know, this multinational corporation with all these resources uh, to try to make a difference in the world. And I think it's. I think it's possible because I think you can integrate so much heart into telling these stories and so much connection. And uh, I I think that we honestly have an unfair advantage, all of us do, when we are trying to make a difference through our business or through our marketing or through the stories we're trying to tell. Uh, And it really can move the needle. But we have to, you know, you can't half-ass it. You got to get creative.
1: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And Brandon, I would love to talk to you even like just going right along with what you're saying, you are talking about people making a difference and trying to do good and putting energy towards that. And you specifically mentioned like you grew on Instagram and we're kind of telling stories on Instagram. And that's kind of how you got started. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on how you think the every day, like Joe, Jane, whatever, could start to use their social media platforms to do good. Because I know you've been called um, the Instagrammer who's on a mission to change the world. So obviously you use your platforms, not only with your newspaper, but also with social media. So do you have thoughts on that and how that can be like a first step for people?
2: Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this whole topic of things. And I... I'm so drawn to the idea of like, how can we use social media for good? You know, obviously social media yeah. is here to stay, but there <laughs> yeah. are so many problems with it, you know, from yeah. Russian misinformation campaigns to just the mental health toll that we all experience by inadvertently or, you know, whatever, comparing ourselves to others. There, there's a lot of downsides to social media, but I, I've seen firsthand that there's a lot of good. And I want to start off by saying, you know, I've got 99,000 followers on Instagram, but I I actually don't think that I'm any more capable of making a difference in the world than somebody who has 1000 or 500, you know, i think I think interestingly enough, so I, I do a good amount of consulting for brands and nonprofits who are trying to help use social media to, you know, do their work. And, uh, One of the interesting trends that we're seeing in the world of Instagram right now is in influencer marketing, the influencers with millions of followers, the Kim Kardashians or even the the smaller influencers that we all follow and love, uh, they, they aren't getting the same ROI for their posts when, when brands are hiring them for influencer campaigns than they used to. And brands are starting to put a lot more of their money towards micro influencers, influencers, uh, who, you know, are maybe in the 10,000 to a hundred thousand follower range, but also even more than that. Um, I'm blanking on the name, but there's a name like it's even below micro. It's like, <laughs> it's almost going to be embarrassing, like whatever name I make up for what (laughs) people who are a step below micro influences are, but, uh, basically the people with, you know, a thousand to 10,000 followers, uh, brands are paying a lot of attention to these folks. And I say all this to say, uh, not that everybody should go out and like chill for like you know, whatever sketchy brand is paying influencer money right now, but uh they know that those people are the actually truly influential people. They know that yeah. people who have a smaller audience are more connected to every single person that they talk to, uh that, mm. that follow them. Anyway, I say all that to say that no matter how many followers you have you have incredible power to make a difference and to influence the people in your life to use social media for good. And to be honest, you probably have more power if you Mm -hmm. have less followers. So don't feel like you have to wait until you've got a 100,000 followers or a million followers to make a difference. You have so much power now. Now, Mm. what... We can do like if we get really tactical about how we can use our social media, how we can use our Instagrams for good. I think it comes down to first how what I think it comes down to first what we specifically care about. What is it that we want to make a difference in? You know, if it's the upcoming presidential election, you've got a favorite candidate. Uh, you know, you can use that passion to, to to make a difference if you really care about a certain cause, you know, or a certain uh, solution that's already out there, you know, what an incredible opportunity to advocate for a nonprofit or for an idea. But also, if there's just something that really overwhelms you or really breaks your heart, what an incredible opportunity to, first of all, Help other people feel less alone in that struggle. But also, second of all, to figure out what the best solution to that problem is and advocate for that. I think that some of the most successful people at making a difference are coming from a a genuine place of of a heartbreak and pain and allowing that to ultimately be the driving force for their empathy and their action. And Mm -hmm. so once you know, like, what is it that you want to make a difference in? What's the thing that I really want to... Dive into. I think we can come back to that idea of marketing. You know, it's. I think. I think most people. I don't want to say most. But I think a lot of people just go on social media and it, and it. You just kind of post what you want to post, and I think that's awesome. Um, but with just an extra step of intentionality, with just an extra step of of thoughtfulness about. You know the long term play you want to make for a cause you know if if your goal is hey i really care about um about fighting human trafficking well instead of just posting one time about it like what does it look like to brainstorm and 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 almost create a marketing plan for like how am i going to talk about this over the next six months or the next year you know what can i do now to start kind of educating my audience and bring them through a journey where i talk about solutions and i talk about people who are inspirations to me in this fight and are doing different things to fight human trafficking and then ultimately maybe in 6 months or a year how can i invite them all into making a difference with me in some sort of unique way and and you know don't just go for that one off post but figure out like what does it look like to tell that full story because If most people on Instagram are just thinking one day at a time, or even one week at a time, and you're thinking one month at a time or one year at a time, your content can cut through that noise. And Mm -hmm. the content that's making a difference in the world is going to be what really moves the needle. And so I I, I, I guess I, I feel like maybe I'm going down a little bit of a tangent right now, but it's just so exciting to think about. Like, what if everybody listening to this really took the initiative of um, one of taking on one issue that they care about, one solution that they care about, mm-hmm. one cause that they care about, and started sharing that with their audience consistently over the course. Of X amount of time, like think about how much of a difference we could all make because everybody would be going on Instagram and learning. Everybody would be going on Instagram, feeling less overwhelmed and mm-hmm. feeling more capable of making a difference.
0: Mm. That's I really, so good. Uh, I really appreciate that you started that question by saying that people with like a more of a little or follower account can actually have such a big impact cuz i could totally see somebody with like 500 followers or 1000 followers listening to that and being like well what good does it do but like even 500 or 1000 that's 1000 people that are watching you oh, you yeah. have that say over that many people and that is powerful so that thank you for prefacing that with like that little note cuz that's amazing
2: i mean it's yeah. so it's really helpful i think to imagine how big of a space all those people would take yeah. up. You know, like I
0: say that all the time. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it's amazing.
2: like even like 30 people, like that's a whole classroom of people. You know, a mm. hundred people is a big space. A thousand people, like you're gonna be packing people into a gym. You know, it's mm. uh it's it's really it's easy to get obsessed with like the next big number, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so encouraging to know that, you know, everybody is a, is a human being and we all have the ability to impact one person. And if you get the opportunity to do that again and again and again, what a, what a beautiful thing, but one person at a time really makes yeah. a difference.
1: Yeah. And I think keeping, you know, the mindset in in place of, okay, I'm gonna do my best to even if I change one person's mind, or even if I spark, you know, action in one person, that's one person. And then if that one person impacts one more, like it's a ripple effect. And I think it can be paralyzing to try to think so big and feel like, okay, first I have to get, you know, a hundred thousand followers to start making an impact and start making a difference. But The reality is even if you impact one person, that one person is going to impact more and it just goes on from there. So I think having our perspective in place in that situation can really help free us up from that paralyzing
2: fear. I was just thinking about... I think it was like the 20, I, I guess it was the 2018 election. And there was a candidate in Tennessee that I really cared about and I thought would make a really good fit. And so I, I, I don't usually talk too much uh, politics as far as like electoral politics on my social media. But, you know, I posted one time on Instagram uh, right before the election in 2018 um, and n- I don't think that my Instagram post itself, because it was just that one time, actually changed anybody's opinion. But the conversations I had in my DMs for the next few days. I think Mm -hmm. actually did move the needle where, you know, Um, we actually had a lot of like, I had a lot of one-on-one conversations where people asked questions and I responded and, and, you know, I learned and they learned and and we kind of came to some consensus on some ideas. And it was a really beautiful process, but it wasn't something that happened you know, with just me speaking to hundreds of thousands or, sorry, tens yeah. of thousands of people. It happened in a one-on-one relationship. And so the best, the, the closer you could dive into um, a one-to-one conversation, the, the better the outcome, especially with big or even controversial ideas. You know, when we talk about creating change for things like gun reform or, you know, things where it's like, th- that's a complicated issue it's going to be hard yeah. to summarize that into an Instagram caption, but we all have a lot of common ground and can make a lot of progress when we have actual thoughtful conversations one-on-one with each other.
1: Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and I think that's so good just to kind of reiterate what you said Brandon a few a little bit ago in my, you know, consulting of like small businesses or, or boutiques or things where I've been, you know, a marketing consultant and helped them with their marketing strategy, especially on social media, I constantly am directing them to micro influencers versus macro mm-hmm. because that reach and that engagement and that connection and those relationships are so much richer and stronger in the micro influencer world. And a couple, one company that I came on board with and was helping them with their social media and influencer marketing specifically, they were like, well, we reached out to these like three people and sent them some items and we got like no traction from it. We lost money on that. And I was like, well, what was their follower count? And it was so high. And I directed them more towards micro and they started seeing incredible traction Mm. with those influencers because those influencers have that trust and that rapport built from those one-on-one conversations in their DMs and chatting with people because they're actually putting in that energy into those relationships. And so inviting people into relationship with you, whether you have 50 followers or 50,000 followers, building that relationship and that trust for whatever reason and whatever purpose, actually moves the needle and, and creates this momentum that does not require a certain follower count or even you know a ton of people to see your post. It's just, I can make a difference with one person following me the same way I can with 1 million people following me. So I love that you hit on that and that people don't have to be paralyzed based on the number next to their name on a certain social media platform.
0: Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it?
1: We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier.
0: If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little
1: secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram. We use these apps daily, and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to up-level your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com slash apps, and let's up-level that Insta game. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. Did you know that how you choose to package your products can be a game changer for organic marketing? I know. Cool, right? Listen to this. If someone receives a package from you in a beautiful, branded design, they are much more likely to snap a photo and share about it online. Enter No Issue, a sustainable,
0: customizable, branded packaging company for business owners. No Issue provides everything from customizable tissue paper, stickers, tape, stamps, and a 100% compostable mailer bag to put all of your goodies in. Customizing your product is so crazy easy. Just upload your logo, choose a design from their templates and colors, or you can upload a finished design of your own.
1: No issue sent us some of their products, and honestly, we are freaking blown away. It's so blown sustainable, away. <laughs> it's high quality, and it's so dang cool to see your brand printed all over your packaging. Plus, it makes your brand look bougie as heck. Like, talk about
0: high-end. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ready to take your packaging game to the next level, you can use code HEART for 10% off at noissue.co. Happy packing! All right, and following up with the next question, Brandon you talked earlier in the episode about the good newspaper. I would love to dive into that and ask you how did you create the concept for it and how did you bring it to life?
2: I remember I was working out of this co working space in Nashville filled with amazing creative folks. And uh, I was just sitting around one day having a conversation with. A bunch of people of, of different skill sets. You know, I was there with a writer and a designer and somebody who had done product design and somebody who was a filmmaker and somebody else who worked in the humanitarian space. And we were just kind of brainstorming through ideas for more things that we could do to support uh, the community that I had kind of built online, uh, focused on making a difference in the world. And the biggest thing that we kept on coming up against is the idea that Bad news is—it's just stickier in our brains than good news. There's this idea that bad news sticks to our brains like Velcro, but good news slides right off our brains like Teflon. And uh, that's the reason why you know bad news—you know—hits us so much harder, and it's so much harder to think about you know the good things that happen in our days. It's the reason that negative comments stick with us easier than positive comments, and so my, my kind of, our brainstorming session was around, okay, how do you trick people coming back to the idea of like marketing? How do you trick people into paying attention to good news when scientifically our brains don't, really like that <laughs> and uh, and so we thought about the idea of like okay well the internet is filled with a lot of bad news and it's it's harder to compete with that but what if you can pull people away from that bad news uh, into a place where there where there is only good news and so the first thought was oh well what could it look like to make a magazine or something you know a magazine's not gonna have push notifications of bad news we obviously don't have to print bad news in it and then, to be honest, it was just oh, well, magazines are expensive to print, and when you print them, they're uh, you know they're kind of more finite, and you might want to only do like a few a year, kind of like a kinfolk or a darling or you know something like that. And uh, and we thought, okay, well, how can we make this a little bit cheaper because we don't have any money, and good news doesn't really pay. Uh, and also, how can we you know make a lot of these? And somehow the idea of like, oh, well, what if we made a good newspaper came our way and we just got to work like on brainstorming what this could look like and uh and so it really happened by kind of happenstance it was just a little bit of a crazy idea and a little bit of a what if and it basically continued as a what if for a long time kept on just kind of brainstorming like how could this work let's get some numbers and figure out like how much it would cost to make uh just in case we wanted to do this dumb idea of making a print newspaper at a time when print is falling apart Uh, And then we just kept on going. We're like, well, we might as well just put it out to the world to see if anybody's interested in this idea. And so we put it up on Kickstarter uh, and kind of hoped and prayed that we might find some like-minded folks who believed in this idea and thought that there was some inherent value in creating a tangible manifestation of, of good as a little bit of a respite from the bad that we experience in the digital world all the time. And, uh, wildly within, I think 52 hours, we were fully funded on Kickstarter. And within 30 days, we had more than doubled our initial campaign goal. And it, it it blew my mind, honestly. Like I, I thought maybe there's, you know, (laughs) I don't know, maybe it was cynical. And, And I guess this is why I needed the newspaper myself. But like, I think maybe I thought that, there were only a few of us who cared about this idea. There were only a few of us who believed in the idea that by celebrating the good, we could all join in and become the good as well. And so, uh, we we started figuring out how to how to print this thing and bring it to life. And uh, there we've had so many hiccups along the way. And I think anybody who sets out to create something new, whether it's physical or digital or you know an idea, whatever it is. Uh, you're going to run into so many bumps along the way. But if you really believe in an idea and you really see the power it can have to make a difference in people's lives, those things, you know, they they might slow you down, but they're not going to stop you.
1: Mm, That's so good. And Brandon, I would love to just follow up with that. What do you feel is one of the biggest lessons you've learned in business like so far, whether that's with the newspaper or your own businesses, like what's one thing that's really stuck out to you?
2: For me, it all comes down to loving and supporting people the best way you can, starting from the people closest to you and working your way out. So for me, my number one priority right now is making sure that the team that I work with is doing well and is thriving and is liking the work that they do and feel supported and that they love you know, the fact that they get to work on Good, Good, Good and the Good Newspaper. That's like my number one priority. And then that allows us to create an amazing product, amazing sets of tools that then kind of help the next group of people, you know, it's help our community, help the people who care about these ideas. And I think that a lot of businesses skip that first circle and they, they just jump to that next circle and especially maybe impact driven businesses or nonprofits. I think they really think about, you know, oh, we've got to make a difference in these people's lives. And so they sacrifice the people, uh, who are on their team and are, are, are close to them. And, uh, I think it's a, it's a loss, you know, I think it's a loss if if I'm sacrificing the people that I get to work with every day for the sake of, you know, making a difference with my product. I'd rather make a smaller difference and treat everybody well, pay everybody well, support people in their dreams. Um, and that's the biggest thing that I kind of keep on coming back to. And honestly, like, that's the most exciting thing for me as well is thinking about how can I, you know, if what we do continues to grow, how can I make sure that I'm, I'm really supporting the people who have helped Good 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 grow along the way? How can I make sure that this benefits everybody and not just me and not just our end you know, audience, but you know, the, whole, the whole crew? And so I've got a lot to learn, I'm sure, but that's the number one thing I, I'm always thinking about
0: there's a quote that says, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And I feel like that relates really well to what you just said. I mean, yes, your actual family is very important. You should absolutely love them, but even more so, well, not even more so, sorry, (laughs) but like to go along with that, you should love and support and care for and nurture and cultivate that work environment if you do own a company and making sure your employees or your coworkers are valued and uh, have buy-in to the mission, the overall mission of what you're doing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe we reverse engineer that now that you kind of brought that up. And maybe for me, I feel like the circles of, you know, of, of focus would probably be family first. Um, yeah. You know, my wife, Sammy, my dog, Pop-Tart. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I just said that. And she just started like running oh, towards no. me. Which is very <laughs> sweet. She's like, oh, you're talking about me. Um, and then the circle outside it. of that would be, You know my team, my coworkers, the people I get to work with. The circle outside of that would be the people who are already bought into the Good 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 mission. You know, it's our community, it's our members, it's the people who, you know, we see them in our inbox, we see them following us on Instagram, we, you know, we're we're DMing each other. You know, it's that circle. And then the circle outside of that would be the people we haven't reached yet. You know, those people Mm -hmm. matter to us. They're so important. We want to reach more people with good news. And the opportunity to join in and become good news, but you know we're we're maybe not going to prioritize them above uh, above our existing community and, and not above our team and not above our families. Um, mm. And I don't know. It's kind of fun to actually think about like what those circles are for each of us and our our different situations and circumstances, and just making sure that those priorities are in check.
1: Yeah. I love that, and I think for me, listening to this and what we're talking about. I think I'm realizing as well that a lot of people need to start with themselves as well, mm. taking care of themselves. You're because... blowing my mind again.
2: You just keep on adding <laughs> smaller circles to me.
1: I I think you know it. It just starts with us, and if we we can't pour from an empty cup, and we I'm can't to say that that was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> we can't give what we don't have, and so you know focusing and prioritizing, you know, our families and then, you know, circling and growing out from that is so important. But if, if we're looking first and foremost at our families, but we're falling apart. We have nothing to give to anyone else. Um, And so I think it's so important as solopreneurs, as entrepreneurs, as bosses, it's so important for us to focus on making sure we're doing okay, first and foremost, and that we're being filled up where we need to be, that we are healthy in order to then impact and pour out to other people.
2: That is so beautifully and perfectly said, and I could not agree more. I think it it always has to start with you. It always has to start with making sure you're taking care of yourself, supporting yourself, especially you know, kind of circling back to this idea of like if you're trying to make a difference in the world, you know, it's going to take a lot of energy. It's going to take Mm -hmm. a lot of empathy, and and you can't do this work without those things. Like it, it, you really have to pour your emotions into the work you do. And so you have to make sure that you've got something to give.
1: I couldn't agree
0: more. (laughs) Okay, Brandon, wrapping up, this has been an amazing interview. I have one, well, we have technically two last questions for you, but for somebody that's listening to this interview and here's what you're saying, understands that they, and then really truly wants to do good in the world, but has no idea where to start, like has no idea what to do, where to go, how to even go about starting to do good in general for the world. What would be your advice to them?
2: It's such a good question. I, this is the number one thing that people reach out to us about, talk to us about, and it's the, it's, it's certainly the priority for everything that we create. It can feel so overwhelming to know what to do, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot that's happening in the world and it just feels so it really does just feel overwhelming and, and, and we all want to make a difference. But I think that the questions that run through my head are, you know, does this, does this thing I want to do actually make a difference? Like, is this the most efficient way for me to use my money if I'm donating or my time, if I'm volunteering, or is this an organization I can really trust? Um, and and i fully feel like, the other thing is there's a lot of things that are that are overwhelming and so it's hard to pick what to do like what mm-hmm. what way to make a difference and so yeah. the first step i think is ask yourself what breaks your heart what's the thing that you know when when you see this in the news you you get stopped dead in your tracks it's the thing that that takes your breath away or what's the what's the thing that's happened in your life or the life of a loved one that that has impacted you so deeply that that you still, you know, you still feel that in your bones? what's the thing that that you have a deep and unique connection to that, you know, maybe not everybody's going to be maybe not everybody's going to be connected to in the same way and and that's maybe your topic. that's the thing that that you need to to focus on and, and dive into. And, uh, the next step is ultimately just, you know, take one step towards doing something about it. And and sometimes what you have to do is you have to look for other people who are doing something first. There's this, there's this wonderful quote that's the core of everything. We do it. Good, good, good. Uh, from Mr. Rogers, where he said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You'll always find people who are helping. And I have no doubt that that's true for whatever is breaking your heart. There will always be somebody who's helping. And sometimes what you have to do is you just have to look for that person first uh, and then copy what they're doing, you know, join in with the work that they're doing. Um, and, you know, the, the reality is the person that you find, the person you identify, they, they might be doing something that's That's a huge commitment. You know, it it would be outrageous for you to identify a problem and then to see somebody who's like moved to a whole different country, uh, learned a new language, and is is making a difference as their full time job. You know, you don't need to do that. What's the smallest action step you can take that contributes to the work that that person is doing or that that organization is doing? What's the Mm -hmm. smallest thing you can do? And oftentimes for me, that's online advocacy. It's just sharing about something that breaks my heart and then sharing an organization that's doing something or sharing a way that you can make a difference. And what that does is on a very interesting like neurological level, when you share that post online, you're actually reminding your brain, oh, I'm not helpless. I have the power to make a difference. And you're going to feel that even more if somebody says, thank you. If somebody says, wow, Mm -hmm. that really helped me. And what that's going to do is that's going to give you the energy to pull yourself out of your hole, pull yourself out of your cynicism, whatever it is, and maybe take one more step of action. You know, the goal is that that first step is just a catalyst towards your second step. And that might be something where, you know, it's, it's a deeper it's, it, it's maybe more of a sacrifice. It's something that's a little bit harder to do, but you've got that energy, that newfound energy to dive into that. And then it's just one step at a time from there. And before you know it, who knows what your life can look like and who knows how involved you'll be in this thing. But I've interviewed on my podcast and for the newspaper, hundreds and hundreds of role changers and activists and difference makers and for every single one of them, it started with one small change. One small thing they could do. None of them built their organization. No none of them built or none of them raised hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. None of them volunteered their whole life, you know, straight from the beginning. They always did something small first. And so we all have the opportunity to do that. And and I know that all of this may sound a little bit oversimplified. Um, it's uh, again, it, it's something that it, it's a real, it's a, it's a real journey. Um, and, And that's why we exist at good, good, good to make that easier. Again, the number one email that we get from people is, is people saying, Hey, I want to make a difference with the Australia bushfires. I just don't know what organization to support, or I feel really overwhelmed by coronavirus right now. I don't know what I can do to support myself and my family, but also my community. How can I make a difference, you know, in my town or also around the world? Um, you know, people saying, hey, the presidential election's coming up and I really care about what happens, but I don't know how to get involved. There's so many things that we're all struggling with, dealing with every day. And uh, and it's hard to know what that next step is. And so at Good Good Good, we actually created tools that are specifically focused for that. And we actually just created a brand new tool. Um, we created the Good 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 membership where As a community, we bring everybody together around this idea of how can we all feel more hopeful about what's going on in the world and how can we feel more empowered to do more good? And so uh, essentially, we offer all kinds of stuff as a part of that. We, of course, have our monthly good newspaper uh, that's filled with stories of people making a difference in the world, but also every page... Um, almost every page has practical action steps and how you can get involved in the stories you just read. We also just launched this. This is like my favorite new thing. Um, we just launched this weekly email newsletter where every single week, uh, we, we, we talk about one topic that's overwhelming right now. So maybe this week it's coronavirus, and last week maybe it's the Australian bushfires, and, and, and who knows what might be next week. But we say, here's what's going on. Here are the helpers. Here are the people already showing up to make a difference, just like Mr. Rogers said. And then here is the practical way for you to get involved we're going to tell you the one nonprofit to donate to or the one way you can volunteer and just make it super simple and of course Mm -hmm. you don't have to take those actions if you don't want to if that's not your issue you know just just skip it but we want to make it so that if that's something you care about you have all the tools at your disposal to take action and of course we'll be you know We'll be listening to what our members ask for us to focus on, and so that's our way of really diving into, um, you know, making it actionable and easy. But you know, no matter what, it really does come down to this idea of you know, identify the issue you care about or the thing that's breaking your heart. Look for the example of somebody who is showing up to make a difference, and then follow in their footsteps in in whatever smaller small tiny way you can. Uh and then just follow up those little actions with bigger and bigger actions until you know who knows how big of a difference you can make.
1: Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, Brandon, you are amazing. I am so inspired <laughs> after listening to you talk and just reminded that I don't have to start super big. I don't have to change my whole life. I can start small and make a difference with one simple action. And you have just dropped so much inspiration and knowledge and experience and education today. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Um, For everyone who is now obsessed with you, which they (laughs) all are, I guarantee it, um, where can everyone find you? How can they get plugged into your mission and Good 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 and the membership that you were just talking about, as well as obviously the Good Newspaper?
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you both just so much for having me. I'm just so honored to be here and to get to have this conversation. And I love that (laughs) I'm learning from y'all, uh, all along the way. And so thank you. Um, the, Mm. yeah, I, I freaking love connecting. Um, uh, you can find me me on Instagram and, uh, yeah, I, I would say especially Instagram at, at Brandon Harvey. My name is spelled a little funny. It's spelled with an E N. Um, but, the best place for us to probably get connected would be at good, good, good co that's uh, where we just tell all kinds of stories of the good in the world. Um, and you know, are talking all the time about how we can all get involved and make a difference. But you know, it, (laughs) I was going to say, but also my account has pictures of my dog. So there's kind of this balance of like, you you can have good news from good, 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 or you can have pictures of my dog on Brandon Harvey. Um, and then lastly, You can visit goodgoodgood.co to find our membership, but also our newspaper and all of the other good that we do.
0: That's amazing. Well, everyone has to go over to Brandon Harvey to get plugged in with Pop-Tart, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> That's amazing. Brandon, I just want to re- reiterate what Evie said. Thank you so much for being here. We are honored to have you as a guest and just to share your mission and your heart. It's so good, which I know is ironic because I said that again, but um, <laughs> it's it, it truly is. And so thank you so much. We are just blessed. And we hope that everyone goes and checks you out and joins your membership because you are w- changing the world, my
2: friends. Thank you both so much. Oh my gosh, this was the absolute best.